I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kinda Cute. And if you're new here, welcome. My name's Bailey Evan, and on Kinda Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. Oh, honestly, guys, I usually record on Thursday nights. It's currently Friday morning, and I just was not feeling it yesterday. Like, I feel like we're probably all having that during this time where you have your days where it's like you're feeling good, and then yesterday was just like not it for me. I took a little bit of an anxiety nap. Shit, shit just wasn't there for me. And this morning, I wasn't really feeling it either. And since it is Good Friday and I technically don't have work, um, I am drinking a mimosa with guava juice right now. It's delightful. As usual, I would love it if you rated, reviewed, and subscribed to my podcast. I will still send you a sticker if you need something to entertain you during quarantine. Just DM me your address at Bailey Evan or at Kind of Cute Podcast. I've really been throwing myself into my house. I got a new desk. I got bookcases. I used to have my trash can and recycling just out and now I have them on this like pull out thing which is very satisfying and it's just helping me be a little more zen since I'm spending all this time at my house. But now I'm like really on one. I'm like, should I just wallpaper like various walls? Like, should I get paint samples? Should I get curtains? Like, it's a lot. Like I, I yesterday almost spent $200 on pillows and I was like, Bailey, that is so irresponsible and selfish at this moment in time. And you don't have the money to do that, bitch. So someone please help me, save me. Uh, over on my YouTube, I did a drunk get ready with my sister, Kenzie, my producer of this podcast. And it was fun. Uh, we did kind of experimental makeup looks. We talked about Caroline Calloway, so obviously if you're listening to this podcast, some of it might be repetitive, but you know, if you want to feel like you're just sitting across from us, chatting to us, uh, Elena emailed me this morning and she said it was delightful, so I thought it was a little bit boring, honestly, but I've just been trying to throw myself into my hobbies lately, and yeah, if you want to go give that a look, subscribe to my YouTube channel, that would be delightful. Claire Saffitz, you know I am a fan. She is the Bon Appetit's resident pastry expert. She posted a picture on her Instagram of pasta and wrote a caption about it being about the pasta. Now, if you also watch Vanderpump, you know a famous line was a fight between James Kennedy and Lala, and they were saying, it's not about the pasta. (laughs) And so the fact that Claire clearly watches Vanderpump was blowing people's mind. Like every single comment was like, oh my god the crossover I didn't know I needed like I commented that and then I realized every single person had commented that so then I wrote a comment from my kind of cute podcast account asking her to explain her favorite character and her favorite plot line sadly she did not respond um but I think I'm gonna use this time to guess who I think her favorite character is I think because Claire seems very grounded and not chaotic she'd be really drawn to the chaotic characters so I could see her being a big fan of James Kennedy and I think as far as plot lines go she probably loved like the early seasons with like the Kristen and Stassi drama because again it's just messy chaos like she as someone who I feel like can relate to Claire that I feel like I'm not super chaotic in my own life I'm really drawn to that messiness this is just me again pretending like I know celebrities that I don't what's new uh Drake's house was on architectural digest this week and everyone is blown away by how fucking weird his house is it just literally looks like a museum installation it actually reminds me of a darker version of the Faena in Miami because it's just so over the top and opulent 
And he actually does have his famed like museum of Birkins that he says he collects to like give to his future wife one day. I recommend going to look at those pictures. You know, we talk about all the time that I'm a fan of the AD videos. So it's worth checking out just to be like, wow, that's how the other half lives. Not the other half, the the point zero 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 one percent lives. I still haven't heard back from David Harbour or Noah Centineo to my text, which is a little disheartening, but I will soldier on. Sanjita you to Sin Kurtz in an article on The Cut recommended watching Love Wedding Repeat. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm so excited, Kenzie. I think we should watch it tonight. It stars Sam Claflin, and he is chef's kiss, if you will. Whew. So I'm excited about that. Just wanted to let you guys know that I, that's my plans for today. Um, and now let's get into our articles, shall we? Thriving in Chaos Like a Proper Housewife by Madeline Agler. So this is an, an article that covers an interview that took place via Zoom with the newest Real Housewife of New York. Her name is Leah McSweeney. Full disclosure, the first episode of this season of Roni came out last week, and I did not watch it yet. I didn't watch last night's episode, so I'm two weeks behind on the new season. I haven't got to see Leah yet, so that's why I was interested in reading this article. Now, it starts off with this description of all of the housewives like fleeing to their weekend and summer homes. And I loved this little this little recap. It says, Dorinda Medley decamped to her house in the Berkshires, the one where Bethany Frankel, Frankel called Luanne de Lesseps a whore in season eight. Ramona Singer left to do unspeakable things to a toilet at her ex-husband's place in Boca Raton. That's referring to her being in a negligee and cleaning her house, which was just hilarious. I also like love the fact that she is physically so close to me. I know I can't see her, but it's just entertaining to me that she's bunked up with her ex-husband, Mario. I could totally see this being the chance of like them getting back together again. They've been divorced for years now, but you know, maybe it just takes one quarantine to reignite love in a marriage. Luanne Deliceps also made it to the Hamptons practicing her cabaret routine and Sonia Morgan, according to the Daily Beast, was at a spa in California doing colonics. McSweeney, the one who this article is about, has mostly been watching Tiger King with her 12-year-old daughter. So I'd say that's most comparable to my life minus the 12-year-old daughter. Leah is only 37, which is very young for a housewife, so I think that could bring a little bit of a new breath that could be good. And I love some of the quotes she gave in this article. So let's get into them. I thrive in chaos, she explains proudly. It's part of being a good housewife. Like you better love chaos and conflict because it's part of the show and it's part of the dynamic between the women. Now, I love when the women are upfront about this fact because the chaos is necessary. Let's be real. It's what makes the show the show. It's what makes it choo-choo on. And I just think this is a very good sign for her future on the show that she's aware of this. And she talks about how she watched old seasons of Roni once she was cast. And it's an experience she describes as not that enjoyable, in part because she could not do it while stoned. Watching it while stoned, I would start freaking out. I would have to turn it off. (laughs) I mean, why? I don't know. I think it'd be more enjoyable stoned, but I guess that's just me. She was actually on an episode of Millionaire Matchmaker and Patty Sanger told her that she had masculine energy. This is actually something Patty Sanger tells to a lot of her female millionaire clients. And this is crazy. I didn't know this about Leah, but she started the company Married to the Mob at 27. And that's when she was on Millionaire Matchmaker. And at that time, her net worth was around $2.5 million. And she founded the brand in 2004, which she did have the help of her husband at the time, now her ex-husband, which side fact, it's interesting that every single Real Housewives of New York is not married. I love that. 
And she also started it with a $75,000 settlement from the New York City Police Department that she was awarded after a police officer punched her and threw her down into a subway grate. What? I mean, again, the chaotic energy this bitch is bringing. Thank you. This next line, guys, you know I've talked about someone. I just want to get on Raya. Can someone please refer me to Raya so I can see the messiness too? She was kicked off the Elite Dating app in 2017 after complaining on her podcast about the time she matched with Saturday Night Live head writer Michael Che. <laughs> oh, I love that. This next part is maybe the most iconic line of the whole interview. I was into dating ugly guys for a minute because I was thinking this is how you find a guy that treats you better, she says after disappearing from the screen for a minute to find a computer charger. But now I'm like, no, guys all turn out to be annoying. So why not date a hot one? Preach, sister, preach. Like my grandma always said, it's just as easy to marry a poor man as a rich one. So why not marry a hot one too? That was my quote, not Leah's. Sorry. <laughs> she was expelled from Manhattan Elite's all-girls school co- convent of the Sacred Heart, the same school that Dorinda and Ramona sent their daughters, incidentally. It's unclear why exactly, but she ex- was it why she was expelled. And she says it was actually total bullshit. So can someone underco- or uncover that story of why she was expelled? I need to know. So anyways... Moral of the story, I'm very excited about this sloppy biatch, and I can't wait. Next up, this poor woman had to put makeup on Brad Pitt's butt by Erica Smith. Now, this is for all you thirsty guys and gals out there in quarantine, just to make you a little more parched. Before we get into this article, there was another article on the cut by Sanjita, which tells us the following. Brad Pitt is in a new episode of an HGTV house flipping show, Celebrity IOU, a spinoff of The Property Brothers, in which twin brothers Drew and Jonathan Scott help people transform their fixer-uppers into dream homes. Celebrity IOU brings in celebs like Viola Davis and Melissa McCarthy to assist the titular bros in their mission. Behind every successful... Oh, I'm sorry. So that's the end of that. I just wanted to give you that that context of that this show's coming out, which actually sounds bomb. And the Property Brothers kind of annoy me, but I, again love the AD thing, so I feel like I would love this too. I don't have cable, but maybe I can get this from somewhere. So back to this article, it says, Behind every successful man is a strong woman color correcting his butt. Today we learn that one such man is Brad Pitt, and one such woman is his longtime makeup artist and secret weapon, Jean Ann Black. So in his episode of Celebrity IOU, he reveals his close relationship with the quote-unquote elusive makeup artist and describes that during the filming of 1994's Legend of the Fall, she had to delicately dab his butt with makeup to even out a tan line. When it comes up, we can't really look each other in the eye, Pitt adds. According to the post, Pitt says other endearing things like, she's been that person I value so much in my life, and she's family. We're like brother and sister. A statement that sounds truly genuine considering how often one has to see siblings' butts in one's youth. So I just loved this image. Again, I just wanted to give you guys something. Just imagine, just put yourself in her shoes. Not even just doing Brad Pitt's butt makeup. I mean, any makeup on any part of his body would be thrilling, to say the least. So again, I just wanted to give you a little fantasy moment during this time. Next up, 
saved it for last this time in case you guys aren't into it and you want to shut this shit off right now I wouldn't blame you but I'm into it so we're gonna talk about it and that is part two of I am Caroline Calloway we discussed part one last week if you want to go back and listen to that first I recommend it and if you haven't listened to episode nine yet definitely listen to that first All right, so as usual, I'm just highlighting some of the parts that I liked most of the article that I found enlightening, that I liked her writing in. And okay, so the first thing that comes up is that she's talking about her time at Cambridge, and she says, I have to tread lightly and lyrically in this paragraph because Flatiron Books owns everything that happened to me at Cambridge. And one of the biggest misconceptions about my life is that I'm not still under contract for that fucking memoir. So I thought that was really interesting that she feels like she can't even talk about her time there. And I would love to see the contract, honestly. Is that available online? Can I look that up? She then is talking about this time where she kind of has a breakdown. They're eating Shake Shack burgers in Midtown. She's with Natalie. And she's crying. Her mascara is like running down her face. She looks in the mirror and she suddenly has a giggling fit. And then... Natalie starts laughing too and Caroline writes it wasn't until I was going through photos for this essay that I realized the only time Natalie ever laughed her hardest around me was when I was experiencing some degree of public embarrassment however minor at the time I thought that pattern of behavior held as much significance as a baby laughing at funny faces I didn't think it was deeper da 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 guys also I have to interject and say I'm a little scared to read too much of this article because they I think they were having problems with people like distributing this on Reddit and I am not trying to take away at all from people donating the ten dollars to the coronavirus efforts and actually she released these part one and part two for free for this weekend only so if you want to go read it go read it again I'm not trying to infringe on any copyright because there was a scary thing at the end that was like you can only quote like minor parts of this if you're like commenting on it for some sort of you know journalism media effort so I think we fall under fair use here but I just do not need Caroline Calloway's people coming after me okay okay so this was another part I thought was genius we talked about last week how she talks about her path of buying followers for her account but this part I thought was so genius She's, she talks about how she began buying ads for Caroline Calloway but she knew she didn't just want followers she wanted readers And she writes, I knew I wanted not just readers, but readers that were predisposed to become obsessed with what they read. So I bought ads from book fandoms. Like, drop the fucking phone, genius. Because that's exactly, I mean, it's honestly great marketing. It's great business. Because I am one of these people. The next paragraph says, Harry Potter, The Hunger Games, The Fault in Our Stars. Anything popular during the summer of 2014 that had a strong female lead and a culty teenage fan base was my fucking wheelhouse. And hello, yes, that was me. I was that girl. I liked all those books. So again, she she just got it. She got it. And um, she would she would buy, she would contact like strangers who ran book fandom accounts, and she would sell them a package of ten shoutouts for fifteen fifty dollars, so five dollars a post. And she says she was concerned about you know them just she would send them money via PayPal and she was concerned that they would scam her, but she says they never actually did. Um, yeah. So anyways, I just thought that was really good business on her part. <laughs> kind of jealous. I didn't think about it, think of it because it's like beyond her writing, which I think was 
could hold its own. Just the steps she took outside of that to really start a business. I mean, girl knows knows what's up. And this is another interesting part. She talks about at one point that Natalie was begging me to go back to co-writing captions with her, but I knew that if I always remained dependent on her writing voice, I would never find my own. Oh, and this part also blew my mind. She says, I froze time without anyone noticing. All the stories about Cambridge that I spent the next three years publishing on Instagram, everything took place in the span of 10 days. 10 days. How is this girl doing so much in 10 days? Do you know what I do in 10 days? Nothing. Okay, so this part I also thought just took the biggest cojones, pussy power, whatever you want to call it. She really wanted to get this um, literary uh, agent called Bird. His last name was Bird. And she couldn't get a meeting with him. So this is what she does. She calls his assistant. She says, it's Caroline Calloway. I'm going to have to move my meeting from 11 a.m. on the 23rd to 2 p.m. This girl did not have a meeting on the 23rd. She totally just BSs it. So the assistant says she can't find the original meeting. Then Caroline says, I calmly told her she I didn't have time for this. 2 p.m. on the 23rd is the only time I can make it. I'll see you then. And then she hung up. Then she creates a Gmail account pretending to be her own assistant to confirm their address of this place so she can show, show up to the meeting. So that's how she gets the address because it wasn't on Google. Like, can you believe? And then she waltzes into this meeting and she says when she gets in there, are you this unprepared for all your meetings, Bird, or just mine? <gasps> like the ice queeniness of it. She had him right then. She had him in her grasp. I, I just, I can't believe it. So then one of the other significant parts of this part two is that she verbatim copies emails between her and Natalie. And she they're really interesting because... It's like she says later on in the in her piece that she felt like Natalie's side was left out a lot of important details. And I do think that these emails are very important because really they spawn from Natalie being upset for some reason that Caroline on her Etsy Etsy drop of markups of her her book, um, which I actually bought. I paid five dollars. I bought one back in the day. And I actually never read it. I wonder if I still have access to the PDF file of it. Um, but she she was mad that her name was on it. And she flips out. And that was kind of an, a motivating factor for the end of their friendship. So it's these back and forth emails. And Caroline is very apologetic. And these emails are beautifully written. Like they look like something that she would straight up write. Like that's how well written they are. And it's just between her and Natalie. And Caroline points out that it's strange that Natalie cites the last time that they saw each other without mentioning these significant emails, which were actually the last time they spoke. So anyways, I think you should read these articles. Like I said, they're both out on IamCarolineCalway.com for free this week and only. Um, Check them out. Let's see what happens. And we'll get into part three. I think she's releasing it next week. And our legit shit for this week is Mr. Pumice Purple Pumice Bars. I have been obsessed with these pumice bars for as long as I can remember. They remind me of the kind that you actually get when you're getting a pedicure at a nail salon. 
I used to always get them at Sally's Beauty, but then I realized I could get a four pack on Amazon. And I know this probably isn't time to be like ordering shit on Amazon you don't really need. So, but if you really need to get your feet pumiced off, I understand that feeling because if your nasty heels are getting caught on your bed sheets, that ain't cute. So I'm putting the link an affiliate link in the show notes as usual. If you want to check these out, it's a four pack for $8.25. You can't beat that. And I'm telling you, I keep one of these in my shower. When your feet are wet, rub them on your feet. It doesn't hurt. And you will have, as they say on the packaging, beautiful, healthy feet. Great for hands and elbows too. And that's all for today. I will see you guys next week. Bye.